Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Shot in the Dark. I am your host, John Cena Weevil here. Let's get right down to it, starting with AW Rampage. We have Top Flight defeating Private Party in the opener. Action Andretti was ringside to help out. At one point, Isaiah Cassidy took this over-the-top comedic crown from the crowd and started wearing it while wrestling. Pretty funny. Crazy fast-moving action here with Dante Martin getting the pin on Mark Quinn after hitting his full Nelson spinning slam. Top flight getting the win in the rubber match, but I think a third match is inevitable. Renee Paquette is backstage with a returning statement Guevara who says it sucked to come up short winning the tag titles, but now he has to prove he has to provide for his daughter. So it is the Don Callis family has made a personal, and he's coming after powerhouse Hobbs, as we found out what he did on Dynamite. We go to Jeff Jarrett and his group as Jay Lethal was not there. He showed up late and said that they're all doing their workout routine. But Sanjay Dutt, Adam Singh, and Karen Jarrett don't want to do it. Karen says that she's narrowed down some team names and they have a photo shoot next week. Saddam said he's not working out because he's undefeated and Jay has to work out because he lost all his matches. Jarrett says Lethal is too damn nice and they have to go back to being ruthless sons of bitches and next week he will run this meeting. We had an AW World Tag Team title eliminator match as Big Bill and Ricky Starks defeated Alex Reynolds and John Silver of the Dark Order who are the number one ranked team in the AW Tag Team division. Darby Allen on commentary for this match. Another good match here with Starks hitting the Rochambeau on Silver for the win. Renee is with Don Callis and Powerhouse Hobbs in the back who are sick of Sammy Guevara and Guevara isn't hunting Hobbs. Hobbs is hunting Guevara. Hobbs said that he has a family to provide for also, and Sammy better hope he doesn't see him first. Willow Nightingale defeated Queen Aminata. Willow was out with Chris Statlander and Stokely Hathaway as Stokely was forced to hold up signs to support Willow. Good showing for Aminata, but Willow stopped her with the Dr. Bomb for the pen. And then Statlander and Willow made Willow made uh, Stokely dance with them after. Orange Cassidy, the best friends, and Rocky Romero on the back and expected the undisputed Kingdom to interfere, which they did. Orange mentions how the Kingdom keeps doing things to make their friends really angry, so he suggested a match, and Adam Cole says that he would recommend four versus four, but Chuck Taylor is too injured to compete, which is kind of funny, it's coming from a guy who's in a wheelchair. So he suggested three versus three, Roderick Strong, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett versus Rocky Romero, Trent Beretta, and Orange Cassidy next week on Rampage, and Orange was a little bit confused on why Adam Cole was in a wheelchair. I don't think he watches the product. Renee is in the back with Willow, Stat, and Stokely, but they quickly get interrupted by the outcast as Harley Cameron bites Stokely's hand. They keep bickering back and forth, and they make a tag team match for next week's Rampage, and the outcast kept yelling that Soraya said if her contract, that her contract says that she had to wrestle, so Renee told them all to shut up. In the main event here, Mystical, Volador Jr., and Hechichero, and Moscow Dorado defeated Matt Menard, Angela Parker, Matt Seidel, and Christopher Daniels in an eight-man tag. Nice showcase from Team CMLL here, but this is just an appetizer. I hope that we get to see more of them shine in the future here. Obviously, we had the match with Hachishero and Danielson and the six-man tag on Dynamite. Uh, and I introduced some new stars as well, as we'll be seeing in the next coming weeks. Hachishero was able to twist up Daniels and roll him around the ring, trapping him in for the pin and the win. Uh, no wonder he has the name of Hachichero, which means a magician or wizard, because some of these twists that he does are certainly magical. We go to TNA Impact, really quick TNA. Uh, so obviously there's going to be a little bit of changes coming up with Scott Demore leaving his position. So the next couple shows or so, I want to say the next three shows, are still under the Scott Demore regime. So we might not see any changes just yet. But once we have this new um, regime in Impact, uh, I will let you know which shows that are impacted by that and how they differ. But going back to this show, Nick Nemeth defeated Trey Miguel. Zachary Wentz got ejected after trying to interfere in this match. Miguel T's hitting a super kick, but Nemeth beat him to the punch with his own super kick for the win. As Nemeth was leaving, he gets attacked from behind by Steve Macklin, who brings him back in the ring as a rascal joined on a three-on-one beatdown, ending with Macklin hitting the KIA. We go to the design, but as Diener is talking about regrouping, Khan just cuts him off and says the design is dead, and it's the same old bullshit. Khan then grabs Diener and tells him that it's dead because he says it is, and it's time to remind the world who the baddest man in TNA is, and it starts tonight. Macklin and the Rascals are walking to the back, and they bump into Mike Bailey and get into a little bit of words with Speedball, so it looks like Nemeth might be getting some backup, possibly. 
The Decay's Havoc and Rosemary defeated Myla Moore and Savannah Thorne, both local Florida wrestlers who have appeared on AEW Dark in the past, and Moore was even a developmental wrestler for WWE in 2001 to 2022, but she never actually had a match there, so it's kind of refreshing to see some of these um, people with no experience kind of continue to try to be a wrestler here. Havoc gets the win after hitting Thorne with a double-team set-out powerbomb for the win. We go to the first ever episode of Soundcheck. This is Alan Angel's new talk show here. It's a sit-down talk show, and his first guest is Josh Alexander, who doesn't seem too impressed by all this. Alexander talks about how it's now time for him to go after the world championship again, but Angel tries to downplay him, uh, says he's, uh, he's working for it, and he started talking about his family as Alexander gets offended and just leaves. Brian Myers defeated Kevin Knight after hitting the roster cut in a good matchup from these two. Eddie Edwards and Alicia came out after and were surrounded on um, Knight until Kushida comes out to even out the odds. Gia Miller is with Chris Sabin and brings up Mustafa Ali's segment from last week where it seemed he was coming after the X Division title, which this match does get made official for the next pay-per-view here. He gets cut off from the video uh, with, uh, with a video from Ali showing all the moments were set where Sabin failed and says that TNA needs new leadership and new change. Jason Hodgins, John Skyler walk in and said it's great that Ali will be the next X Division champion, so Sabin says he'll face off against Skyler next week. Frankie Kazarian comes out finally to explain why he turned on Eric Young a couple weeks ago. He talks about one year ago coming back to TNA Wrestling to save this place, and he gave everything to this business the last 25 years, more than anyone can imagine. And now he will start taking because he has the right to do that. Others get on the opportunity, uh, stops right now, and he will stop being overlooked. And now he won't be a hero to these people, but a monster. He brings up having a sacrifice relationship with Eric Young, so he, he become king. And going forward, any decision he makes is for the betterment of TNA Wrestling. It says the fans all have permission to hate him now. Eric Young is seen looking behind the curtain at this. We go to the system as Alex Shelley tells Moose that he wants a title shot and no surrender, which Moose agrees to. Diener comes to the ring and says the design is dead, and if something is dead, it can never come back to life, which prompts, of course, PCO to come out. Diener barely lasts a minute here as PCO destroys him with the PCO assault for the pen, and then Khan runs out and attacks PCO before taking out Diener as well. AJ Francis bumps it to Rich Swan on the back and says that Swan lost to Joe Henry only because he doesn't he wasn't in his corner and offered his services again for this upcoming episode of, Ex- of Explosion. Swan says that he made it clear last time that he doesn't want to be involved with him. Rhino walks by as Francis asks if he needed help with Crazy Steve, but he told Francis to just fuck off. Swan tells Francis that nobody in TNA wants to mess with him, as Francis says that money does. We get a very cool video for Jordan Grace and the whole process for her finding out that she was going to be in the Royal Rumble with some behind-the-scenes footage here as she was going to Tampa. Very well done here. Her mom was involved here. I would definitely check this out, and I'm pretty confident we'll be seeing more of her in WWE. Um, maybe in the future. I don't know now with this whole work relationship with WWE and TNA possibly coming to a pause, but I could see her and possibly others um, potentially leaving TNA in the next coming years if they're not too happy with this new leadership. Masha Slamovich defeated Jody Threat. There was some distraction on the outside by Killer Kelly and Danny Luna before Masha hit the snowplow for the win. We go to the back as we see the system has taken on Kushida before Alex Shelley runs out to help them. It looks like we'll be getting some sort of six-man match before this title match, possibly. We go to the first of the best two out of three series matches with Grizzle Young Vets versus ABC. James Drake gets the pin on Ace Austin after they hit Great great Your Teeth, but not before Drake uses his scarf behind the referee's back to attack Austin. Great match here between these two teams, and I'm sure the next two matches will be well as well. TNA Explosion. Rhino defeated Champagne Singh after hitting a gore, but he gets attacked right after by digital media champion Crazy Steve, who said that Rhino has nobody else to blame but himself. Gia Miller's around the ring this time was with Jody Threat, who talked about her love for brunch, her love for Caesars, so shout out to Davey Porter, who makes a mean one over there in Gabby's in Toronto. The other match was Jason Hotch defeated Rich Swan as AJ Francis joined commentary for this match, but he gets up and distracts Swan when he was on the top rope. Hotch took advantage of this and hits a spinning driver on Swan to get the upset pin. We go to ROH on Honor 
Club. The show starts with Dalton Castle trying to ambush Johnny TV, but it's revealed that Johnny, that Jerry Lynn is there. So Castle stops and says that he wasn't there to fight him. He just talks about uh, the email that Castle was sent about his friend having a match next week on Ring of Honor against Johnny TV. I guess we'll find out who this friend is. Spanish announced project to be to the Russells, where twin brothers Cameron and Allen, who have appeared on AEW Dark before, Serpentico sporting a new black mask after Cole Carter and Chris Garrison stole his mask last week. Angelico puts on a submission for the win here, but then Carter, Garrison, and Maria come out after with Carter wearing Serpentico's old mask as they get chased away. Nyla Rose defeated Emmy Camacho, who is one of Athena's students, very easily here, with like this burning hammer into a cutter finisher that looked pretty impressive. The Iron Savages defeated Je- uh, the Iron Savages and Jack Jameson easily defeated the team of Braxton Hunter, KM, and John Cruz when they hit the sauce toss on Hunter as Boulder gets the pen. We get this really good, passionate promo backstage from Ethan Page, who talks about having his gear designed by his daughter, and now he's on the path to win some gold. Dalton Castle defeated Aaron Solo. Castle had to get dragged out by some boys to even make it to this match, and he gets to win in a couple minutes after hitting the bangerang. Now the Rose interrupts Lexi Nair backstage and asks where Billy Starks was tonight, and next week they'll be in Athena's hometown and threaten to possibly attack Lexi. Matt Taven and Meg Bennett of the Undisputed Kingdom defeated Fred Rosser and Tom Lawler in a proven ground match with Bennett getting the pin on Rosser, but Rosser and Lawler came close to getting to the time to ten minute time limit here. Lawler is making his Honor Club debut with this match as well. Ethan Page defeated Slim Jay after hitting the Eagles Edge to get five wins in a row on his road to the television championship continues. Billy Starks defeated Killa Kate, who is BK Rhythm of Women of Wrestling. Very quick question here, dropping her down from an electric chair, and then Kate uh Killer Kate here has her Ring of Honor debut with this match as well. Rachel Ellering and Layla Hirsch were in the back talking about the brackets for the TV title being released soon and joked about how they could possibly face off against each other. The Righteous defeated the Infantry after Vincent hit the Autumn Sunshine on Carly Bravo for the pen. Queen Aminata defeated Riza Clark. Bad Dude Tito defeated Gringo Loco to get his first win in Ring of Honor after hitting an F5. Lexi Nair was trying to find out who Dalton Castle's friend was that will debut next week, and he kept trying to dodge it by saying he was new to wrestling and nobody knows him. Uh, I personally hope that it's Ashley Remington, which is one of Castle's former gimmicks. If you haven't seen him, definitely look it up. I think that would be a fun touch for his character. We have a four-corner survival match here as Red Velvet defeated Trisha Dora, Kira Hogan, and Diamante after Velvet hit Adora with the mix for the win. In a pretty short match, just clocking it in under four minutes. A lot of matches on this show were shorter than usual, but all the women's matches were under five minutes, which is pretty disappointing, but I feel like with this TV title tournament coming up, we've seen a lot more women in Ring of Honor at least. And we have another four-corner survival match here as Lee Johnson defeated Jack Cartwheel, Alex Zane, and Blake Christian. This is Zane's first appearance in Ring of Honor since Death Before Dishonor back in July 2022. Pretty crazy fast-moving match here from all four that ends with Johnson uh, dodging the top rope Cartwheel splash to hit his inverted DDT for the pin and the win. No MLW this week. They did have a Super Fight special. If you want a full report, I have it up on PulseWrestling.com but they do have a YouTube special coming up on February 17th, so I'll be covering that after it airs. Women of Wrestling Superheroes, we have another Trios title tournament match here as Tormenta and Las Banditas, who are known as El Clan Latino with Sofia Lopez defeated Kata Rush and the Mighty Mites. The Mites getting their second chance in this tournament, but Tormenta gets the pin on Sugar after hitting a top rope Meteora. Rebel Hayes defeated Gloria Glitter with a surprise roll-up to get her first win in Women of Wrestling. Samantha Smart was in the ring and said that the next match will determine who is the leader of the pack and second in command of IQ Superior as teammates battle here. G.I. Jane defeated Classmaster and Disciplinarian in a triple threat. Very quick match here with Jane hitting the Classmaster with a Tornado DDT for the pin in just about over two minutes here. And in the main event, we have the Tonga Twins defending the tag team championships against the last call, pinning Randy Del Rey after hitting the Tongan drop. I know there was talks in the past of Wrecking Ball or Heidi Harwitzer possibly leaving Women of Wrestling. Her matches have still been showing here, but the way that they're presenting this as the last call for the last call, I think this might have been her last 
last appearance, but don't quote me on that one. We go to the return of NWA Power. This is the, the debut on the CW app here, so you can watch it on the CW app as well as the CW website, which is what I did here. And these are the matches from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, so definitely a new look here, um, at least from the venue. Gives me like Melrose Ballroom type of vibes here, uh, Laboom type of vibes with the different lights and whatnot. So definitely a better look for NWA in their first show. And we have three title matches here with Blunt Force Trauma defending the Tag Team Championship against Jack Stane and Tim Storm. Aaron Steven gets involved as the referee was taken out, so damage rolls up Storm for the pin. Mems cuts his promo about next week having a television unification match with Maxi and Paler, and after that he will give it the women's title and go after the world's heavyweight title. Speaking of the NWA World Women's Championship, Kenzie Page defeated Tiaf- uh, Tiffany Nieves after a bit of distraction with the title belt and using her spray in Nieves' eyes, followed by the Kenzie Cutter for the pin. Uh, Nieves has been announced as a new assignment for NWA. And in the main event for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, the ultimate match of death. As EC3 defeated Matt Cordona, what is an ultimate match of death? It's pretty much all the weapons are gold. So there's a golden chair, a golden door that Cordona actually back body drops, uh, gets body bo- back body dropped onto, a golden table that EC3 gets put through, uh, Cardona DDT to EC3 on top of a glass picture of EC3 and Dixie Carter, which is kind of funny. The match gets bloody as well, so we go right into black and white, so I guess on a CW app they cannot show blood. Uh, Cardona uses a golden guitar in EC3, there's golden tacks, golden light tubes, <laughs> but the finish comes when EC3 hits Cardona with the light tubes, followed by the one percenter and puts on this purpose submission as cardona taps out we go to nxt level up hank walker and tank ledger defeated tyreek igui and tyson dupont after hitting the double team power slam on igui that is called the collision course yes that is pretty funny i'm not making that up as walker gets the pin for the win here both teams looked very impressive in this match and they could have went either way honestly a really good match here and hank and tank uh really have come a long way since debuting Blair Davenport defeated Carly Bright after hitting her with a knee strike to the head. And in the main event, Brooks Jensen defeated Dante Chen. Uh, Chen gets a good welcome back reaction here after not appearing here since November. And Jensen gets the win after hitting a top rope knee drop. One little nitpick I have to say. I'm not sure who the ring announcer is for Level Up. I don't think it's Alicia Taylor because it doesn't sound like her. They haven't shown this person on camera. But whoever it is, their way that they announce everybody's name is exactly the same. And it's pretty irritating like at least change it up like i i'm probably spoiled by samantha urban and everybody else that's that's doing a good job in the announcing but whoever this person is they definitely need a little bit of developmental here in developmental and on main event we have road dog on commentary here along with blake howard interesting choice here i know there's been a couple commentary changes so i'm not sure this is permanent or not but we have for this week at least we have road dog and the matches are zia lee defeated Gigi jolin with a cyclone kick in this first time matchup between these two Gigi fought hard and had this tampa crowd definitely behind her though and in the main event julius creed defeated luca chris Safino, Road Dog gave a little bit of context with him and his brothers and how that bond works in wrestling and how it works with the creeds. And Julius gets to win with what he calls the unnecessary clothesline. That is it for me this week. You guys catch me here next week for another episode of Shot in the Dark. (laughs) 